You're listening to Mommy on the Move podcast with Tierra Haynes. Hi, loves. The other day, little Jay asked me if he was a mistake. And I said, absolutely not. You were more like an, and I, oop. If you know me, then you know mom is most definitely my favorite title. But what you may not know is it's a title that snuck up on me, not once, but twice. Dre and I have been dating since college, and it's no secret that little Dre is 12 and our marriage is nine. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but every day of the week, that means for us, first came baby in the baby carriage, then came love and marriage. We were a fresh 22 straight out of college when I found out I was pregnant. And I was scared to death, but I was determined to be the best mom that I could. Fast forward five years, and I was finally starting to get the itch to have another baby. So along comes Devin. Dre and I played pull-out Russian roulette for like nine months. And I finally felt like it was time to stop playing around and go get some birth control. So I scheduled a, a doctor's appointment to see my OBGYN and get some birth control. Only one problem. I was already pregnant. Child, when I tell you... I had to pick my jaw up off the floor. I mean, I literally couldn't believe it. I just kept saying, I can't do this again. I literally just had a baby. I cannot have another one. What I really was saying and what I was crying out to people was I was already overwhelmed. And I felt like adding another baby to the mix might break me. My mom just kept saying, Tierra, you're already doing it. It's happening. I was always a little hesitant to share this side of my motherhood journey because I know so many amazing women who struggled with infertility or loss of a child. And it really honestly felt ungrateful to be so upset about being pregnant without even trying, but I couldn't help it. All I could feel was fear, angst, and worry that it would just be too much for me to handle. But I did what so many moms do with their guilt. I stuffed it deep down and buried it under layers of smiles and I'm okay. It wasn't until I joined Mommy Nation and met fellow mommy blogger Latrice, a.k.a. unapologetically Latrice. Say hey, girl. Hey, y'all. Hey. That I realized I wasn't the only mom that felt this way. I was reading her blog called Oops, We Did It Again, and she was sharing some of the same sentiments that I had felt before. And it finally hit me. Every surprise pregnancy isn't immediately met with cheers and balloons and confetti. Sometimes it takes us moms a little more time to adjust to the thought of an unplanned growing family. Okay, so thank you so much, Latrice, for joining me today. Um, So I want to go ahead and get into your story now. Um, You've experienced motherhood. You've got three different babies and you've experienced motherhood in three different ways. So tell me a little bit about your journey to motherhood. Oh, child. Okay, well, so like you said, I have three daughters, so all girls matching your three boys, <laughs> but mine are 17, 12, and one. So my oldest daughter is my bonus baby. She lives with us, and she's been with us. Well, she's been in my life since she was eight years old. Um, so my middle child, Tori, she was really my first pregnancy when I was 26, And she was conceived in love, but she was not planned. (laughs) But it was a little bit different because I felt like I was ready to have a child. And, you know, it it was okay. Um, Her biological father and I did not stay together. And so about 
when she was about three, I met my husband now who later adopted her. And then of course I inherited my oldest daughter. And then we later went on to have my youngest one-year-old Amina. Okay. So let's, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Obviously there's a a big (laughs) gap between um, Tori and Amina. So were you guys trying, like, tell me a little bit about that process. Were you trying to conceive? Um, was it, was it really, really a for real, for real oops? Or what, what was that in between time between 12 and one? What did that time look like for you? That was a oops upside your head. Oops. <laughs> it was not an oops, oops. It was a oops. Um, actually, we had been considering and trying like our first two years of marriage And I actually was pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. And I miscarried in the middle of the mall. (laughs) Like it was a tragic situation. Um, Did not know I was pregnant and had a miscarriage. Um, After that, I was kind of like, okay, well, I I didn't know I wanted to be pregnant right now, but let's try. So we actively tried for about another, I don't know, eight or nine months. So that puts us to like 2017. So, um, when we got married, we were just starting a business and we didn't really have time to have a honeymoon. So 2017, about three years after we got married, was our honeymoon. And we went away. It was just the two of us. It was the first time we had really gotten away from the kids. And we said on the beach there that this was great. Like I was at a place where I felt comfortable with leaving my kids with my mom or his mom. And I was good. Like we decided on the beach in January 2017 we were not having any more kids. Um, 2017, we traveled. We had us a grand old time. We started another business. Things were great. <laughs> <laughs> now, were we trying? Um, no, but we weren't not trying. <laughs> there was no preventative measures happening. But, you know, in what world does our age and my fibroid uterus make another baby 12 years later? But um, that year, September, during the hurricane, I found out I was indeed pregnant and I cried for two weeks straight. Yes, I feel that so deeply. And so, okay, so mm-hmm. let me ask you this because my my journey was like the only person that I really opened up to about feeling that way was my husband and my mother. I didn't feel comfortable sharing mm-hmm. that with anybody else. Did you have that same experience or did you just kind of feel like unapologetic about you know the way that you were stepping into that journey? Nope, I was <laughs> I was very loud about it because I felt like the people I was communicating that to knew yes. my heart and knew that, you know, I'm not a bad person, but this is this just was not in my plan. Like when I tell you life was good, I mean it was literally the best year of our marriage. We had finally gotten into a groove. The girls were completely self-sufficient. And like I said, we had started another business. It just it was just not the time. And then it it really took me probably three months <laughs> to really accept it. Like at first I considered an abortion. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, it's a 12 year gap. Like I'm literally about to have a junior in high school, a middle schooler, like what in the, and we're 40. Well, he's 40. I'm almost mm-hmm. 40. And I'm like, nah, fam. <laughs> we're not starting over. It's a no for me. But dog. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a solid no. Oh, and I didn't even tell you that he was scheduled to have a vasectomy in that winter. Like we were that close to the finish line. Yeah, no, no. And so 
Yeah, I considered an abortion and then I really sat and thought about it and I had to step back for a minute, but it took me three yeah. months. And um, I was like, you know what? You prayed for a child for so long and for whatever reason, God just didn't see fit to give you one. So like, what are you saying now about the way he's choosing to work in your life? So then, I, you know, I accepted it, but then <sighs> when I found out it was another girl, I cried another two weeks. <laughs> Same <laughs> Same, no lie. I was like, okay, like when I finally accepted that I was having another baby, I was like, okay, well, this must be my girl. I have had my two boys, and yes. every time I wanted a boy, I'm like, I just feel like God would not unexpectedly would not do, do this, this to, to me and still give me another boy because I've done that. So this is just the girl that my heart desires. It wrong, right? <laughs> to boot, no, I cried. No. I sat in the parking lot of the hospital for no. ten minutes. I couldn't even drive home. I cried. Like I have mm-hmm. Yep, and I refused to accept yeah. it. I gave her a boy name and everything. I'm just like, no, <laughs> let's check again, Doc. <laughs> Six months, let's check again. <laughs> yeah. All right, so tell me, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's dive into what were some of those fears um, when you did find out that you were pregnant? What were some of the things that that kept you from being excited? Just how it would disrupt what I felt was finally a rhythm in all of our lives. Not just my husband and I, but also the girls. Like they were, we really, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but we really have managed to make a pretty cohesive blended family. We were in the middle of finishing Tori's adoption. I mean, like life was just good. But then on top of that, I mean, you know, when they told me I was pregnant, they were like, well, you know, you're a geriatric pregnancy. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I am in my (laughs) thirties. No. And then all of those concerns start happening and the increase in birth defects and things like that. And I was like, okay, now I'm even more scared. And then obviously finances, like I said, we just started a business. And so that, that now we're a family of five and I'm, I'm a consultant and it was, it was a lot of things and I just was not sure how to feel about it. (laughs) It just, it was concerning on many levels. It's crazy when, of course, there's a reason there's a saying, show God your plans. And he laughs because we just think we have it all set up, right? Like I'm about to do this. And then in two years, this is going to happen. And then a whole curveball comes and throws, throws that whole, throw the whole plan away. Sis, it's not happening. It's not going down like that. (laughs) And so it's really a test of faith, right? right? Like, do you really trust him to provide? And, you know, I mean, we still living and breathing and feeding and eating and everything has managed to work out. But I was overcome with fear, for real. So you mentioned their term, not mine, that you were a geriatric, considered a geriatric pregnancy. Um, What Mm. were some of the challenges that you faced with that age gap of between, you know, conceiving Tori and conceiving Amina? Well, so with both of my pregnancies, I suffered from hyperemesis, which is basically an extreme form of morning sickness. So with Tori, it stopped right around seven months with Amina. And I can only attest to the fact that I was older. (laughs) It was like, it was nonstop and it was aggressive. Like I was violently vomiting and, you know, it was, it was hard. So that was one thing that, you know, I had suffered from hyperemesis in my twenties, but I felt like it was 
greater in in my late 30s and I don't know if it's because of the hormonal changes or whatever but that was severe and then just I realized that as you get older you need more rest (laughs) like I was overly tired and being uncomfortable when I was pregnant and nauseous and then how tired I was it was draining and it was taxing on the family I mean Jared definitely had to pick up some of the quote-unquote proverbial slack from me and then you know when he was out of town on business it was just me mind you I'm sick all the time and I have these other two kids that have to be places they have activities they have sports I mean and it just became too much for me that I had to pull Tori out of some of her events because I just couldn't do it all when he wasn't so I mean I, I attest that to age because I just feel like the older you get, the more sleep and rest and the more you appreciate those things. You know, when I was coming out of college, I was used to not sleeping. So when I had, you know, Tori was like, okay, I'm used to staying up all night and doing this and doing that. I can do this. I can handle it. And I can still be superwoman. Nah, fam. I need, I need my good seven to eight right. hours. Well, Mm-mm. and that, that's an testament too, to the the age difference so you've got you know Tori who's 12 and um Z who's 17 well now um but they're you know they're in activities where like when I had Devin in Dallas Devin didn't have anywhere to be so so you know I'm tired but for the most part I can kind of center myself in the house because you know I have two babies and so if if there's somewhere I don't want to go then I may, you know, I can maybe figure out a way to not have to be somewhere. Uh, even though, I, I mean, I did right. have Dre and he was six and seven when I had them. And so he did have little little activities and stuff too, but um, nothing too serious. So like for you, the, you've got these two living, breathing children who have whole lives. And now like that's disrupted because, you know, you're, you're pregnant and you've got this infant now that you're mm-hmm. toting around. So it just it makes life a little bit more difficult than it was before. Absolutely. You have one in high school, so that's a whole different schedule than the one in middle school. So school schedules was different. Drop-off, pickups, you know, orchestrating that, and then their activities on top of that. And then you have this newborn who, you know, I breastfed, so that's a commitment in itself. And she doesn't care what else is going on. She want to eat. So (laughs) it was it was a juggling act and still is. It it hasn't gotten really any easier. <laughs> I've learned to manage a little bit right, better. Right. I feel that. Um, what are some things you've learned as a mom of a certain age? Um, just like, again, just having that, that age difference. Um, like I just, you keep saying, cause you, you can, you conceived Amina at what? 37. Were you 37 or 38? I was 36 when I conceived her. 30. Child, Lord, I'm old. Sheesh. 35 is considered geriatric. Yep. Okay, so this is like, I can't, I'm 35. Like, I cannot in my Mm -hmm. mental state process Mm -hmm. thinking if I was pregnant. So, (laughs) but, but the plus (laughs) is, you know, I mean, you, you were definitely a vet by that time. So there were some things that like you knew from, you know, parenting the older no. girls. Well, no, in theory, there's a huge, 
let me tell you, there is a huge because of the age gap. Like, like to me, <laughs> Pampers were just much more expensive now than they were 12 years ago. Or just, there were new little gadgets out. The monitors were different. Like, I felt like a new mom all over again. Well, Seriously. Were, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what were some things that, what was something that you learned at this stage of motherhood versus being a younger mom? That I'm not as patient as I once was. <laughs> <laughs> and and my mom and my aunts warned me they were, you know, because <laughs> they would always joke, yeah, I can't keep your kids. I'm just not as patient as I used right. to be. <laughs> like, and it's true, the older you get, like, you're not as patient. And so that's something that I still work on today. It's just like, okay, I'm going to have to repeat myself three times to come here. <laughs> and that's going to be okay. Like, right. you know, and, but that was the biggest lesson is that, I I don't know. I I guess I was naive and I thought, oh, because I'm older, I will have more patience. I know what to expect. It'll be easier. It it wasn't. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it, Spoiler it, it alert. That's a lie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It ain't. No, I learned that. And then I learned um you I have to parent each one of them differently. Like each child is an individual. And I still struggle with trying to compare. Like, Tori was such an easy baby. I mean, Jesus, she was an easy baby. Slept through the night, like, week two. Um, It just was easy. She was walking early, potty trained early, talking early, no allergies. I mean, she was just an easy kid. And Amina is just totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, don't come to me easy. So... Uh, yeah, you know, she's, she's, she's a special right. one. So let's, so let's talk about that yeah. a little bit because you do kind of have three, I mean, three totally different stages of life happening. You've got high school, middle mm-hmm. school and toddler, not, she's not an infant anymore, toddler. Yeah. Um, so what is that like for you parenting on all three levels um, at the same time? It's insanity. It's insanity. Send help. No, I mean, so my oldest daughter is now applying for college. Mm. And so she's dealing with that. She was driving. Unfortunately, she's not currently driving, but she was driving. And so that was a huge adjustment. I'm like, okay, I have a child that I have to release out into the world and get behind the wheel and, you know, do a lot of activities away from home. But then the conversations are different, right? Because she's 17, she's dating, you know, has the, she's able to date if she wants to, like her father and I are in agreement on that. And so the conversations have to be metered in the house, right? So when I'm talking to her about, you know, more young woman things, I don't really have my middle schooler present for those things because some of those conversations can cross over, but some of them just don't right. and shouldn't. So that's very different. Like um, I have to, we all have to be very mindful about what we're watching, what we're doing, what we're saying. And then the activities part is even more challenging, right? Cause the older kids don't really want to go to the park with Amina. <laughs> and then, you know, we can go bowling, but Amina's like, yeah, I don't care about this. Like, <laughs> Find movies, movie choices, right? Like, Zaria likes 
more mature movies now and Tori is still in that you know PG PG 13 range I mean just everything is more challenging yeah. to find activities conversations but you just figure it out right so I always try to schedule at least one date night both my husband and I try and do one date night with each child per mm-hmm. month where we can just focus on that particular child. And, you know, some months are better than others. (laughs) We try to do that just to make sure that they're seen and heard and they don't get lost, especially with Tori. I feel like I didn't realize middle child syndrome was a real thing, but it's a real thing. (laughs) I'm married to a middle child and I birthed a middle child. It is very real. Trust me. Mm -hmm. They're the same person. Oh my goodness. And I'm just like, baby, I can't give you more attention. Like I don't, I don't even get self attention. So (laughs) I can't give you any more, but you know, you just have to figure it out. But that's the biggest, that's the biggest challenge and difference is that I am definitely parent parenting each child very differently, just based off where they are in life. Well, and I love that you brought up the date nights for the kids because I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. anybody can take advantage of no matter what the age difference is, no matter how many kids you have. That one-on-one interrupted time is so important. And Dre and I, we've been good at saying we're going to do it. We have not been good at executing it yet. But what we caught ourselves yeah. doing is Devin and Dallas are 16 months apart. And so Everybody Mm -hmm. knows if you've seen them in pictures on my Instagram, I dress them alike. They do things together. You know, they pretty much do everything together. We basically treat them like twins or even worse as if they're one entity. So there's a five year difference between Dre and Devin and then six years between Dre and Dallas. And so Dre, you know, he's middle school, he's preteen, he's got totally different, for the most part, you know, there are some things that we can kind of, he can come down to their level, but, you know, his, his interests are changing, his body's changing, his, you know, things are just a little bit different for him. And so we kind of, we're very mindful to do things for him. But then when it comes to Devin and Dallas, we can, we say like a run on sentence, like Devin and Dallas, like we just literally say, treat them like one person. And we caught, like, we uh-huh. didn't catch it until very recently. Like, man, um, I think it was because, I think Devin, my, my poor baby, my poor middle child, was like, <laughs> he was trying to play catch with Dre or something. He wanted to play catch with Big Dre, with my husband. And he was like, you always do basketball with Dre, but how come you don't play with me? And, mm. and, and it, it hit us. Like, man, we treat them like they're one person. Like, they have... And I don't know why we do that because they have very different interests. Dallas is very artsy. He loves to paint. He loves to draw. Devin is like, he likes soccer. He likes, you know, music is his thing. Like their interests are very different. They're no, in no way, shape or form are they the same person. Um, so we could definitely see, I can definitely see them benefiting from that because, and a lot of people, I could see a lot of parents benefiting from implementing something like that because, your kids are separate. They're they're all totally different people, no matter what their ages are. And of course, they're all, you know, all day, they're fighting for our attention all day. And so the opportunity to give them that one-on-one time, I think, is really crucial and probably could cut down on some of the nonsense if we <laughs> were able to focus in and hone in on just what they wanted to do. I think that's a really, really great idea. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Thank you. I think 
it's um, helpful because I learned so much yes. about them. Like I see them every yeah. day, but in that one time, just their conversations or yeah. it gives them like, they'll tell me you're actually listening to me now. And that made me feel bad because when they're all at home, any number of things is happening. Like Amina could be running around trying to put something in her mouth or is he asking me to help her with a scholarship form or Tori's asking me to help her with math homework. And so no one really has my undivided yeah. attention, you know, for the most part. So it's, it, it helps us. It does. And I think they, yeah, and that mm-hmm. was honestly my biggest fear in becoming a mom of multiple children. Even when we were trying to conceive Devin, I was really afraid because Dre and I, it had just been little Dre and I for, for five years. And I was like, how do I give him you? I mean, the short answer is you can't, you can't give them the same amount of right. attention they had when it was just them that's gone. Um, and, and a piece of you has to mourn the fact that that will never be the same. Like your relationship with that kid will never be the same. Um, and he, he right. says all the time, he's like, remember it was just me and you and we used to be able and I'm like you don't even remember it was just me and you cut it out like but but you can tell like you know because when it's all of them like you said they're fighting for our attention and it's you we're we're only one person and I only have two ears and I have three mouths that I'm trying to listen to and it's it's overwhelming you know and typically especially here the youngest little Suge Knight usually gets everybody, he wins most of the time because he just is relentless. <laughs> I, know you don't got, do I know you got a little baby gangster over there too, so don't even try. I know, yes. <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. parenting the third time around, like we said, you've, you've done it in three totally different ways. You've got bonus baby, you've got, you know, conceived at, in your 20s and then conceived in late 30s. Um, how mm-hmm. has parenting this third time around changed you? Parenting just Amina or just the collective? The collective, but just like not one, not two, but three, like the add on, the adding on of, of children. So it, it, so one thing that we had to institute was very clear communication. Like if something is not brought to me, like I'm like yesterday I had to make an exception, (laughs) but like I try to really stick to, if you haven't told me at least two days in advance, sorry, it's not happening because it just disrupts everything. So we had to get on a family calendar. We all have access to it. The older, you know, myself, my husband and the two older girls and all activities, appointments, everything's on there because organization is critical for me. Um, because there are so many moving parts and pieces and, you know, husband works out of town. And so I, I have to have um, organization where I don't feel like I needed that mm-hmm. as much <laughs> before Amina. Um, I kind of could kind of go with the flow and it seemed easier. I mean, I know yours are closer, your second and your third, but two to three was just a lot for me. And I, I think maybe probably because of the age difference, too. But it was a lot. Like two seemed manageable, and we were having a good time. Right. <laughs> and then three, it was whoa, yeah. Um, but then also, like I said, each one of them is very mm-hmm. different. Like very different. And Amina, my youngest, had some. She has eczema and some allergies, and so I definitely had to 
you know, initially spend a lot more time with her at the doctors and, and just, I was very, um, oh, I could cry. I I just was very concerned about her and making sure that she had everything that I felt like at times I neglected them. So I had to learn to manage my time better. Mm -hmm. I'm still not at it and it's never going to be perfect because there's always someone that needs me more no matter what is going on but the the time management the organization has definitely been the biggest thing with um three kids and then it's three girls right so the myself and the two older ones we all have our cycle at the same time too so better keep it interesting (laughs) situation that's happening in the house right yeah I don't know nothing about that all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't want I to trust don't. me. That, listen, that was one of the first things we talked about. I'm like, actually, I think I'm good with having three boys. Uh, now that I think about it, I'm, I'm good. Um, well, yeah, I, I could see that. I think for me, I would say um, I definitely have way less patience. The more children I have, the less patience I have, which is the opposite of what I need. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm working on it. But it's true. The more kids and the older you get, it's just like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) And I'm like, if somebody brings one more thing in this house that makes a noise, I'm going to light it on fire and laugh and dance in a circle around it because I can't, I just can't. Um, But I actually, you said organization and I actually, I'm trying to claw my way back into being more organized. I was really, really type A when Jay and I first got together, but basketball has Mm -hmm. stripped me of that because it's just unpredictable and in the morning he could be saying he's coming home at two and then by two o'clock it turns into 12 p.m 12 a.m that night and I just had to like in right. order for my sanity I had to just be like whatever happens happens and that turned into like I'm really just I've lost it I've lost it so I got I'm trying to reel it back in because I gotta find like a happy medium but as yeah. always as Devin and Dallas I'm trying to say them separate me separately now as Devin and Dallas get older, I definitely can see where I'm going to have to. And even where, I mean, even now we're already at a place where um, Dre and I have to be very intentional about sharing calendars with each other and letting each other know where somebody needs to be. Well, I have to let him know where we all need to be because it gets lost and it gets confusing with, with so many, like you said, moving pieces to the puzzle it, it just gets to be a bit much. So I can see that um, coming back into play. And I feel like you do a really good job with that because like you guys eat home cooked meals, like every night you make breakfast. Like, I feel like you, do you know your plans? Yeah. Like, like I used to just go to the grocery store and just, Oh, I'm going to pick up what I'm right. going to cook. for. First of all, expensive. I don't recommend anyone do that. Like definitely plan your meals out. But if I don't do that, Child, they, they will be eating McDonald's dollar menu every yeah. night because I I have to organize that. I have to go grocery shopping on a certain day because there's so many other things that have to happen during the week for them that I can't just run off and go to the grocery store unless absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, that's part of my planning, actually. And but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that. I, I, I with our school, like we had Chick Fil A tonight. Um, so it, and that's okay. It, it is okay. And I'm not, I'm not down in myself for it because every, you know, different things work for different people. 
Um, but I could definitely, exactly. if I was more organized, then I wouldn't get caught slipping as often as I do. And I would also be, I mean, part of that too is just because Devin and Dallas are young and now we're in that ill phase of like whatever I cook mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm just over it. So most nights I just don't feel like <laughs> the nonsense. Plus, if y'all follow me, um, a couple of weeks, what was that? Maybe like two weeks ago, I cooked a whole meal, cooked it early. <laughs> And my lovely husband brought home 17 boxes of food from work and just, so I had to pack up all my little dinner and just put it in the refrigerator. So that's you the other piece. That's the just forget about it. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask the question. Don't, listen, just promise that we'll still be friends after I ask you this, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Do you think you want to try and have more kids? Hell to the now, the now, the now, no. No. You want to phone a friend? No. Nope. And I'm going to tell you what happened. (laughs) Before, you know, I had to have a scheduled C-section because I had an emergency C-section with Tori. So with Amina, it was scheduled. Mm -hmm. And I really had hoped for a V-back, but it just didn't work out that way. Um, And so they asked me, they were like, so what are we going to (laughs) do? What do you mean? (laughs) I don't want any more kids. She's like, don't you want to try for a boy? Absolutely not. That's just not God's plan for my life. And she was like, but how do you know? Because I'm telling you that me and Jesus had a little talk. And we're good that I had. Yeah, we're good on that. And so my family history, um, you know, when they typically, quote unquote, tie your tubes, they do a partial. And two of my aunts had their tubes grow back together and actually got pregnant. So... Mm. I told them I wanted a full tubal ligation. Like you, I I want the tubes gone, removed. And so when I was actually on the table after Amina was delivered, she was like, are you sure? I said, doc, please don't make me get up. I do not ever want to be pregnant again in life. (laughs) Please take these tubes and donate them to someone who would like them and can use them. Like, no, no more. No, I I feel like, for me, I feel like once I get out of the the fog of, because I feel like Devin and Dallas are still so much, like I feel like they're still toddlers some days. So how, like as, because I'm still chasing them around and like, there's, they have so much energy. Dear God, I could cry. I could literally cry. Um, but I feel like once I get out of the fog, I could be, I could see myself being like, oh, but I, like I'm still in it so I can still like there's they still don't sleep they still last night they got up three or four times and I woke up with one of them in my bed we wake up with one of them in our bed at least four times a week um so I can't imagine I'm like there's literally not room for another person in this family but then when like when we pack up three kids for me feels like six some days. Like, I feel like I have so mm-hmm. many kids, so I just can't, I just can't imagine it. But I figured I would ask because there are some people that enjoy having really large families and like to just keep having Absolutely. babies. And I think that that's great for them, mm-hmm. but that's just not. I think that's wonderful <laughs> for them. However, comma, I but. <laughs> nope, nope. I mean, and then also you got to remember, I was very sick with both of my yeah. pregnancies and the thought of doing that again no absolutely See, I don't not the pregnant part, but it's the it's the walking talking pooping part that once they <laughs> turn into whole it's people, the part. Yeah. It's a problem for me okay so what advice would you give 
to any moms out there that have either already experienced a surprise pregnancy or will in the future? I would try to prevent a surprise pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, <laughs> I know that's virtually impossible, but seriously, it is, it's financially draining. It's emotionally draining. It's, I mean, and I don't know, maybe it's because I am a little bit of a type A OCD personality. I would have rather been a little more prepared financially, mentally for pregnancy. So that would be my advice to people who might have a, don't (laughs) try Um, to those that have realized that, oops, we did it again. Um, Don't be afraid to say that out loud. And if you don't have a circle around you that you feel comfortable enough to say that out loud to, change your circle immediately because you have to get that out. You have to go through the emotions. Um, I wrote a blog, you mourning your single self. Like we cannot be afraid to say those things. And, and people around us need to be able to understand, like you said, you know, we almost feel selfish for feeling this way when there are so many people, beautiful women who would like to conceive and cannot. And I definitely understand that perspective. However, for some of us, that just wasn't in our plans. And so you shouldn't feel shame about your feelings. Get it out because what you don't want to do is have resentment your entire pregnancy. And then your baby comes and is so demanding, you know, that breeds additional resentment. And then you, you, you walk a fine line into going into depression. And so I would just say, you know, address it head on talk to if you need therapy or whoever you need to talk to to get those emotions out and then just get to planning because <laughs> it's, it's coming it's happening <laughs> look in the words of it's in the happening. words of Linda it's happening <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do? do all right well i appreciate you so much um i just loved first of all your how candid you are how unapologetic you are about your story and the things that you've gone through it honestly gave me the um, confidence to share my story and to, to be able to say out loud like well dang I experienced that too and just to feel like my goal always with mommy on the move and I know yours is too is to just create a space where women don't have to feel like they've go- they're going through anything alone nothing we go through is we're not the only ones we'll never be the only ones to go through anything we experience and I think the key to life is to just have community um which is so funny because 15 year old me was like I don't even have I don't need girlfriends I don't have any girlfriends and she sounds really dumb to me right now um I would be nowhere right I would (laughs) I would be nowhere without my village my people my circle uh, my tribe of women um, that are around me and give me the freedom to just be me um, unapologetically, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for, for just walking boldly in, in your story and um, just being so confident and sharing everything that you go through. Um, I know. For- well, thank you so much for this platform. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't think you realize the impact that you have in a lot of lives, and I know when we met through Mommy Nation, I was like, oh, someone else who 
isn't all rainbows and sunshine about parenting. Like sometimes kids are trash, trash. and it's okay to say that. At like just, just, but we love them, and we always feel the need to preface right. with that. Like I love my kids, this, but well, I said that this whole episode, which I'm very proud of us for. Yeah, we, this is not that space. Yeah. You don't have to come here and tell me how much you love your kids. I know you love them, little. Right. I know that you don't have to tell me that. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but you, I was like, oh, my people, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. So thank you for this. Oh, and thank you for having me on. I really, and be sure to follow me on Unapologetically yes. Treese. I will tag her, but she is at unapologetically underscore Treese, T-R-E-S-E. Follow her. She's amazing. She's super dope. She writes the best, funniest, realest blogs ever. Um, I'm obsessed. She's my instasis. Um, so yes, give her a follow, um, subscribe, you know, comment, all that good stuff. Um, and so just to close it out, I wanted to just say there are so many days that I look around in my family and I feel so overwhelmed with the blessings that I get to call my kids. Even though I swore I couldn't do this. I look at Dallas all the time and I literally can't imagine my life without him. He is most certainly living proof that God always has better plans for our lives than we do. I truly believe I had Dallas as a reminder that I have to lean on God for my strength as a mother, because before him, I swore I could do it all by myself and I can't. <laughs> now I know without a shadow of a doubt, we've only gotten this far by his grace and mercy because Lord knows there are days that I'm certain one of us won't make it to tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> because life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mom.